The Baltimore Ravens advanced to the AFC Championship game with a massive win over the Houston Texans, but at the time of this recording, we don't know who they play yet. Should the Ravens want to play the Bills or the Chiefs? All that and more coming up next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens or Daily Baltimore Ravens Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, coming to you as always from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thanks so much, as always, for being here and making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every single day, free and available on podcasting platforms. That includes video form and audio form wherever you get your shows. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks. And at Prize Picks, they have so many great things going on. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com. Slash Lockdown NFL, use code all lowercase Lockdown NFL for first boss match up to $100. We are five days a week plus a lot more now with the Ravens and all this content we can get out, live shows, bonus episodes. Another bonus episode here today is we're talking who the Ravens could be playing. They're in the AFC Championship first time since 2012-2013. It's the first AFC Championship in Baltimore in the franchise's history, an exciting time after a big division around win. Rocco DeSangro, Fox 45, and the Ryan Ripken Show is back talking Ravens with me. And Rocco, as we talked about, a little bit of a vet here coming on on Locked on Ravens and doing this with me. And it's more so we just have the same sleep schedule. No, I'm kidding. Rocco's great. He, 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 he brings the analysis, and he's he also is very timely in terms of getting on this show with me. So, Rocco, I know the atmosphere was great over at M&T Bank for the divisional round, and now we're waiting. Time is recording. We don't know if it's going to be the Bills or the Chiefs or the Ravens in the championship game. Weren't we in a similar situation last week when we were waiting on to see who the, who the Ravens play, played in their playoff matchup um, between between the Texans and a handful of other teams? So, yeah, playing the waiting game right now, man. Bills or Chiefs, we know that, and that's that's really all we know right now. And I don't think players really have a preference of who they play. You know Ravens players, they're going to go out there, and, and regardless of who they play, they're going to do their thing just like they did against the Houston Texans. They're not scared of any of these teams. They don't fear any of these teams. They're ready for a battle at M&T Bank Stadium. And, and the good thing about this year in this matchup, you have to come to them. You have to come to them. And the Ravens are now one win away from going to the Super Bowl for the first time since that season, that 2012-2013 that season that you're talking about right there. Look, if I'm the Ravens, I'm not scared of playing anybody. They're clearly the best team in the NFL. We almost saw San Francisco lose last night to the Green Bay Packers, and that was kind of well if they make it to the Super Bowl. But they, they looked vulnerable. Who did not look vulnerable were the Baltimore Ravens. Well, at least the second half. You know, they had us in the first half, not going to lie, right? But yeah, second yeah, half go. second half is, is where they asserted their dominance. So let's start off with the Bills. You know, they're, they're the higher seed. We'll start there in terms of who maybe you would want to play if you're the Ravens, Rocco. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. We know he's one of the elite quarterbacks in this league alongside guys like Lamar Jackson. And for Josh Allen, obviously uses his legs to his ability. He's kind of that bulldozer frame, can run you over, and that's a big part of his game. Now, Buffalo stats this season, net yards per attempt in the passing department, fourth in net yards per attempt, and eighth in yards per attempt rushing the football on defense. They have the sixth best passing defense in the league in terms of net yards per attempt. 
but their run defense has been a little iffy. They're banged up on defense. You know, they lost Matt Milano and Jordan Phillips early, and they've had a couple of other guys they've had to rotate through. But then you have Stephon Diggs as, you know, the, the alpha pass catcher in that offense. Dalton Kincaid has stepped up. But then, you know, Gabe Davis has been very hit or miss, and he he's had his fair share of injury stuff going on this year. I mean, defensively, they're missing Trey White, too. They have quality players there, but it just feels like to me, especially you watch them in the wild card round against Pittsburgh, they got out to the hot start, and then Pittsburgh kind of climbed back, back in on them without TJ Watt, and you're kind of thinking, when Buffalo's hot, they're, they're hot, they're on, but they can go cold in a hurry, and even though they kind of routed off all these wins to end the season, they were cold at the beginning of the season. No, they absolutely were, but they're getting hot at the right time, and they are a scary football team. Now, I don't think they're a scary football team for the Baltimore Ravens because I don't think there's a football team out there right now. I said it last week when you had me on, that's a scary football team for the Baltimore Ravens. They've beaten the best of the best so far this season. I know they haven't played the Bills or the Chiefs this year, and that is completely fine. I think the Ravens are okay with that. The Ravens are ready to face either team that comes in here to the bank because, like I said, they have to come in here. But to the Bills' point, yeah, they're banged up, but a guy like A.J. Klein, oddly enough, who was involved in the trade for Roquan Smith to the Chicago Bears, and then now he's in his second stint, I believe, with the Buffalo Bills. He stepped up. He had a solid game, so that's great to see. Uh, a former Raven, just A.J. Klein in general, go out and you know have a pretty solid performance against the Steelers. Now, now you, can, you can say that, okay, the Bills let the Steelers hang around because they absolutely did, and without T.J. Watt and – with problems at the quarterback position, say what you want about Mason Rudolph. He's played some decent football towards the end of the year. They let that team that they shouldn't have hang around, hang around. Like they, they should, the Steelers should have been nowhere near the Buffalo Bills as far as the scoring department. And they were, they made it a game, they made it competitive. And that was it at Buffalo's place. And now if Buffalo wins, they got to come here to Baltimore. So um, I, I think Josh Allen is, he's, a great quarterback. I think he's one of the best in the league. I, I really do. I think turnovers have hurt him this season, like they've hurt some other quarterbacks, but he steps up, he wins games, and, and he's proven that in the later months of the season, being able to win six in a row, that's impressive for anyone in the NFL. John Harbaugh, he talks about those December wins, those January wins. They are very hard to come by as far as football goes, and, and the Bills were so great at doing so towards the end of the season. I mean, I guess a storyline in Buffalo, well, if Buffalo were to come to Baltimore, would be the uh, the Cook brother matchup or, you know, the Cook relationship there between it's Dalvin and crazy. Dalvin and James with uh, yeah. that family, the, the Cook family relationship. So that's a storyline. But I think another storyline would be Josh Allen and the turnover prone or how he is turnover yeah. prone. We have seen those turnovers from him come at the worst times, the most inopportune times. And a Ravens defense, the way that they've been playing like that, they're not gonna let Josh Allen get away with those turnover worthy throws you know those are the types of throws where maybe some defenses don't take advantage or they kind of let Josh Allen get away with one but the way this Ravens defense is playing they did not allow a touchdown to the Houston Texans on Saturday they did not allow the Houston Texans to get into the red zone on Saturday which we'll talk about a bit later if Josh Allen makes a mistake the Ravens will make him pay for it and that to me it was it's to a lesser extent with 
you want to compare Josh Allen to Joe Flacco with the turnovers and everything that happened. But that was the conversation in the potential division or matchup with Cleveland. It was Joe Flacco super turnover worthy. And this Ravens defense has been turning those opportunities into points the entire season. It's kind of the same conversation with Josh Allen. I'll say this about Josh Allen, though. He did a great job taking care of the football against the Steelers. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles. And that's rare of Josh Allen, especially with how this season did it. They did get the wins, but Josh Allen was due for what? Like at least one turnover a game, it seemed like. Just just from a football fan's perspective. And that's not a knock at how good or, or bad of a quarterback he is. Like I said, I think Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think he's doing fantastic job leading the Buffalo Bills. And they're not in the position they're in without Josh Allen, without what he's doing with his arm and without what he's doing with his leg. But the Ravens, they are going to take advantage of that. If Josh Allen makes mistakes, if they do play the Bills, the Ravens are going to jump all over that. And, and they're going to make them pay for it because that's what this defense is capable of doing. And to me... With Buffalo, one last point here is with the Ravens' pass-catching weapons, to me, with Zay Flowers and Odell and Rashad Bateman, we saw on Saturday that they don't have to go for 75 yards and a touchdown each or one guy has to get 125. I feel like with the way that Buffalo's defense is, they have guys like Teron Johnson, and obviously the safety duo is great with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, but this is a run-first team still. You know, the Ravens, everything that they do, everything that they did, bringing in Todd Munkin wasn't about, you know, scrapping everything Greg Roman did and starting over from scratch. It was keeping Mm -hmm. the run concepts that Greg Roman had while building off of the passing game and bringing that Todd Munkin creativity. The Ravens ran the ball 40-plus times on Saturday. That's their identity with Buffalo's run defense struggling, them having some guys in there that maybe weren't expected to play major snaps. To me, I just feel I would feel good if I were the Ravens about establishing the run game on early downs and then kind of picking Buffalo's pass defense apart with the pass catching weapons. I, I think we could see that, Kevin. And for the Ravens to do what they did against a Houston Texans team that was averaging the fewest, second fewest, sorry, yards per carry in the regular season. Lamar Jackson runs for 100 yards. Justice Hill goes for 66. Gus Edwards goes for 40. Dalvin Cook goes for 23. 229 yards on the ground. I mean, the Ravens will take that every single day of the week. And they really they really pounded the ball well against the Texans. And that's, I mean, the Texans with, with how good their front was, it, we talked about it on the Ryan Ripken show, um, about how banged up their defensive front was, how guys were limited in practice this week, did not practice. Some guys were questionable. But it's playoff football, regardless of if you're limited, if you're questionable, like everybody's beaten up. Ask Patrick Queen if he's 100% healthy right now. Honestly, he's probably going to tell you no, but he's going out there every single snap, giving it 100% because that's what these guys do. They're all chasing one goal, and it's a Lombardi trophy right now. Yeah, locked in, 100% locked in. Locked in, locked on. That's right. No, no pun intended. Nope. Well, maybe, maybe a little pun intended. Yeah. But I think for well, what we say on the right, we're fired in. They're fired up fired and in, they're locked yeah. in. Hashtag fired <laughs> in. That's that's what they are. Coming up, though, on Locked mm-hmm. on Ravens, we'll talk about the other side of this. Talk about the Chiefs and whether they're a better matchup for the Ravens than the Bills or not. Stay tuned. A lot to get to on Locked on Ravens. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when to place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. 
win or lose. The app is super easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays. You can find best in the newest sports app. You can make a parlay on the parlay hub. The best way to find popular parlays and so much more. So for that Ravens game yesterday, pick the Ravens outright. Maybe pick the Isaiah Likely anytime touchdown. Nelson Aguilar anytime touchdown. You're probably living large over on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to make your first better layup. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We're back our second segment, Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker and Rocco DeSangro still talking with you about this Ravens team, a team that's now on route to their first AFC championship since 2012-2013. But again, their opponent still to be determined. Now for me, Rocco, Kansas City, bring Taylor Swift to the bank. That, that's the, that, no, no. I'm not <laughs> I, I respect their music. I've, I, there's no yes, bad. There's no bad blood. Huh? Oh, you, you, see, you see that? You see, yeah, you see what I mean? You're going to no? make a lot of people just unsubscribe. Okay. Right, right. right. Don't unsubscribe. I was trying the humor. It didn't work. Regardless, <laughs> I, what I will say is Travis Kelsey, we've seen his play kind of dip this season. I'm not attributing it to her, but no. I just yeah. think that, again, he has not been the Kelsey we've been used to. But the issue with Kansas City to me is they just outside of Rasheed Rice and I guess Kelsey, who is catching the ball for them? I mean, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Justin Ross, they they tried, it didn't work at areas. Tony's been a disaster for them all season. I mean, it just feels like their offense is Isaiah Pacheco, who is really good, by the way. It's Pacheco, it's Rasheed Rice, it's Travis Kelsey, and it's Passion Mahomes. And that's enough to win you a game, but against the Ravens defense. I'm not so sure if it is. No, I agree. You you ask who's catching the ball for the Chiefs right now. I can probably tell you the guys who are dropping the ball because we've seen a lot of that over the course of the season. And it's frustrating for Patrick Mahomes when he makes something out of nothing, fires the ball downfield, and one of his receivers, just the ball goes through his hands or just it's, you know, it it's just unfortunate or it ends up being a pick that's not his fault and ends up resulting in an interception on the box score towards his stats. Because we all know how good Patrick Mahomes is. He led this team to a Super Bowl last season. These are still the defending champions. Now, they've lost some pieces. And receiver-wise, yeah, there are some questions. It's like looking at when Tyreek Hill left, there was a gap that needed to be filled. And the Chiefs did a good job of that when they could. But but now it's like, all right, Rasheed Rice had – eight catches for 130 yards. Travis Kelsey had seven for 71. And then you have guys, Noah Gray, one catch. Justin Watson, two catches. Valdez Scantling, one catch. Richie James, one catch. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, one catch. Nicole Hardman, one catch. And Isaiah Pacheco, one catch. So it's like Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice for the Ravens, if the Chiefs do advance, beat the Bills. Obviously, it could be different. There could be a hot hand, a hot target out there in the divisional round matchup between these two teams. But those are the two guys right now that the Ravens are going to really have to key key in on and take care of. And the Ravens secondary, you're hoping that Marlon Humphrey is going to be back off that calf injury healthy. Maybe he'll practice this week. We'll get a better idea of their first practice of the week. If Marlon Humphrey is actually going to play or not, but if not, Brandon Stevens talking about that Island ain't for anybody or ain't for everybody. We talked about that, that quote he had earlier in the season, Brandon Stevens, I feel like he's not a household name, but he should be getting all of the credit in the world for how he's performed this season and what he's done and the level of receivers he's covered and how well he's done against them. Because 
this guy in the secondary at cornerback, and you you touched on it earlier, going from running back in college to safety to cornerback to safety to corner, like he gets switched around all the time. It's great for the Ravens to see that, and, and they're going to need him against Rasheed Rice. And uh, listen, I would love to see a, a Kyle Hamilton, Travis Kelsey, Matt, because Kyle Hamilton has su- done such a good job, like even watching from one-on-ones, when, you know, in practice before the season even began training camp, the battles he had with Mark Andrews, it's like that iron sharpens iron mentality. It was great to see, man. So I, I would love to see that matchup. And I think also Roquan Smith, very underrated in coverage. The, the Ravens struggled for a while with covering running backs and tight ends out of the backfield. And that was something that was a big weakness for them. But Roquan, Kyle Hamilton, the physicality they bring has, has definitely shored that up. Now, from a stats perspective, in the regular season, Rocco, Kansas City, 13th in passing offense, 13th in rushing offense. They have the third best passing defense and the 24th best rushing defense. Now, defensively, their defense Usually when you think of Kansas City, you mentioned like the Tyree Kill days, it was how explosive their offense is and, and how Mahomes is putting up 50 points in all these games. But they're, they've kind of gone through an identity shift where their defense has looked really good this season. It's a bunch of young guys too. George Karloftis has been great. Trent McDuffie. Obviously, they still have Chris Jones in the middle of that defense who is one of the better. Huh? Stone Cold Jones. That's right. Yep. Stone Cold Jones. He <laughs> they, have, they have playmakers really all up and down the defense. And that's that Spags defense, Steve Spagnuolo, who had a cup of coffee with the Ravens. He, he was on that staff for a year and then obviously went and uh, went on to other things. But to me, I think that with considering what the Bills have and what the Chiefs have, the Chiefs defense to me is better than the Bills defense. But then you look at the Bills offense and I think that's they're more efficient. I would say, and they can get hotter, even though it's kind of a weird thing to say with Mahomes is we've seen him go on heaters. So I just feel like if I'm the Ravens, I'm not scared of anyone, but the Chiefs defense is a heck of a defense. Yeah, if the Chiefs defense, and it's crazy to say with Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball, and it's nothing against him. I mean, great quarterback, one of the best in the league, but with his receivers, the drops this year, things that are out of his control, I would say the Bills offense, I don't like to use the word scare, but if we're going to if we're gonna say that and talk about it, the Bills offense scares me more and the Chiefs defense scares me more. If, if I'm just a coach, a football player, someone going up against them, that, that's how I look at that. So both teams have their strengths. Obviously, both teams have their weaknesses. Um, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, I think it's – I really hope it is another – battle in prime time that we can look forward to and talk about like five, six, seven years from now about one of the greatest games we've we've ever watched in, in the AFC playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it 1,000%. But when you talk about Bills or Chiefs, Rocco, I didn't even ask you the question yet. We're going to wrap up this segment by doing it. Obviously, again, the Ravens shouldn't be scared of anybody. We've said it throughout the entire show. But if you had a preference, you mentioned the Bills offense versus the Chiefs defense in terms of which one is better than the other. Who would you rather play for the Ravens? Who do you think is the better matchup for Baltimore? Man, it's honestly, it's a tough one to even try to answer right now. I would hate to face Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. That's just me because they've been there, done that. So when you have that coach quarterback combo that just finds ways to win, they they always do. 
and they're two of the best in the league right now, that's probably the team I would least like the Ravens to face. But but like I said, I, I want to keep saying this to the flock because I don't want to be quoted as saying, oh, the Ravens should be scared of this team because that is not what I'm saying at all. The Ravens should not be scared of anyone and they're not scared of anyone. I'm going to keep repeating myself over and over again until I get the point across because in the comments, I've seen how crazy people get in the comments and it's like, they'll take, they'll take what I say out of context. But then you look at the Bills, a team that's won six in a row, Josh Allen. It's like, this is his year to prove that he can be the guy that can take the Bills to new heights, to new levels, and to lead them to a potential Super Bowl. So I, I don't know, man. Can I can I not answer the question? Or are you going to make me answer right now? <laughs> well, I think you, you, I think you're leaning Chiefs, at least from what I can tell. Well, I think I, who, I, who I'd least rather see the the, the 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 least favorable matchup. Yeah, I would say I would say if it were up to me, I would rather see the Ravens face the Bills because of how good the Chiefs have been in the past and how I mean we we don't even know how this game is going to go. But right. yeah, right, right now, before the game even starts, Bills fans, if you guys win, I take back everything I said. I will jump through a table on TV, like whatever I need to do to get back in your good graces as far as this goes. But uh, yeah, I think it's the Chiefs for me right now, man. All right. Apparently, if the Bills win, Rocco's jumping through a table on TV. I'll, I'll, do, it. I'll do it for content for you, man. This is a Ravens Ravens podcast. Well, I'm, Ravens I'm, podcast. I'm, I'm, I might I might have to I might have to take you up on that. I, yeah. I, uh, that that seems too good to pass up on, to be honest with you. So I might have to do it. But I agree. I think the Bills they can get hot, and we kind of talked about it before, Racco. The Bills can get hot when they're on, they're on. But I just feel like they're too inconsistent, and it's not like the Chiefs' offense hasn't been inconsistent this year. But we know Passion Mahomes has two Super Bowls. We know that yeah. Travis Kelsey, even though it's been a down year for him, he is still one of the best tight ends in the league. Rasheed Rice has come on. And it's kind of like a question of which depleted pass-catching core would you rather face? Because, yeah. honestly, we talked about Houston's and how they had no Tank Dell and there was no Noah Brown and it was really honing on Nico Collins. Yeah. Well, for the Chiefs, it's focusing on Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And for the Bills, it's you can focus on a Stephon Diggs and I guess Dalton Kincaid. And either way, it feels like, and honestly, in the divisional round, I, I meant to make this point throughout the entire week and I forgot every single day to do it. Out of the four teams that were left in the divisional round, I, tell me if you agree, Racco. I think the Ravens had the best receiving core and it really wasn't close. Out of the division? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Healthy, not healthy. I mean, the, the Ravens which is crazy to say considering how down the receiving core was last year and the roster then compared to the roster now, it's like night and day. I'm not trying to knock any players they had, but you went from having James Prochet, happy for him being in Cleveland. You had I'm, – I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I know. Seems like a nice guy, but nothing against his character. But James Prochet, Deshaun Jackson – um injured guys as well demarcus robinson who like came on at the i mean he was honestly like one of their best receivers if yeah. not the best receiver for the ravens last year but you didn't have his a flowers you didn't have an odell beckham jr you didn't have it's gonna be crazy for me to say this too and eagles fans they might cringe a little bit but a nelson aguilar who had a touchdown pass in today's game i mean people expect him to come on in the playoffs and do his thing and nelson showed up in the division around against the texans he had that nice touchdown catch he couldn't have gotten more wide open 
So yeah, man, it's it is crazy to say the Ravens were sitting here looking at the receiving core and it's it's top of the line. It, it is incredible. And I, I I wanted to make the point all week and I just did not do it. But better late than never, I guess. There yeah. was division around's not over yet. But yeah, for me, I would rather probably play the Bills than the Chiefs. But I still want Taylor Swift in Baltimore because I, I think that Baltimore is ready for Taylor Swift to come in there. I started yeah. it. I started the segment with it, and I ended the segment with it too. That that's how I'm gonna do it. We'll get so. another meme of her like uh, with the with the frozen window, like hand up to the window. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Unreal. I, I don't. I feel like that's the storyline where you just have to you have to get one of those good storylines. It would have been Joe Flacco in the division around. I guess the storyline we were robbed of that one. So maybe the Taylor Swift storyline is what what Baltimore needs or, right or now. Or Bills, or Bills Mafia just jumping through tables <laughs> in the tailgates, and I feel I, like they would they would get along with Ravens fans before the game. I feel like it'd be cordial. So that's what you have to do. You got to go into a Bills tailgate if it happens, and get the TV cameras rolling and just jump through a table. That that's what yeah, you have to do. Ravens fans would be mad at me for doing that. So it would be like <laughs> ah, it's just like there's no the, winning. There's no winning for it, you. Exactly. I'm just trying to win here. I know. All right. Coming up in the final part of the show, we'll be talking about the game that happened on Saturday. It was a pretty important one. The Ravens win a lot to a little, 34 to 10. We'll talk about how they got it done, the atmosphere, and what it means to Baltimore to be going back to the AFC Championship. All that and more coming up on this bonus edition of Lockdown Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks are the most fun. So many of having up to 25 times money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less in the projected stats, and place your entry. With basketball season here, you cannot pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. The league created specifically for combo projections and include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, at 10.5 combo or three pointers made plus receptions is an option. If you want to play alongside some prize picks, favorite players like Ryan from Evening Like Me and Andrew Schultz, you cannot find the community players in the promos tab of the app through entrance of the biggest days of the prize picks community. Each week, PrizePix even offers a new policy or entry stay and play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a play rushes in the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to PrizePix.com slash LockdownNFL. Use go to LockdownNFL for first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's PrizePix.com slash LockdownNFL. Use go to LockdownNFL for first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix daily fantasy sports made easy. But background, not locked on Ravens with Rocco DeSangro. I'm Kevin Ostriker. We'll be live after this episode. We'll be going live after the Bills and Chiefs game is over when we actually know who the opponent is that the Ravens are going to be playing. We're just doing a little preview here, Rocco and I. But I'll be going live after the game is over. Bills and Chiefs talking about who they actually play. So if you're listening to this after the game, again, maybe you can uh, clip some of these takes and put them on freezing cold takes and expose Rocco and I for what we're saying here with no prior knowledge by the way, Morocco, the atmosphere in Baltimore was electric heading into this game on Saturday between the Ravens and Texans. You could yeah. feel the entire city, the ent- entire state, honestly, outside of, you know, the, the commanders, the section of commanders fans that they ran <laughs> over. Entire state was kind of thinking about this game, did pregame shows, and everybody was waiting for it. 430 hits, and there's all this, I think, nervous energy. And the nervous energy, I think, continued into the first half and out of the first half when Baltimore started strong and then let it get away from a little bit with the Steven Sims punt return. Second half comes around. You see Lamar Jackson go into the tunnel early with a look on his face that said, this is not happening again in the second half. Ravens come out. They shut out the Texans in the second half. 
complete energy shift. We heard Lamar talk. He was asked, who, who, who spoke in the locker room? He said, I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. It was me. And those were inappropriate things. We're not going to say them on yeah. this show. And he did not say what they were. That's what he said, yeah. So yeah. We, we are, we are not going to speculate with any, uh, any words that could be inappropriate, but it just felt like Rocco, this is what the city deserved after again, all these years of the injuries over the past few, the disappointing playoff losses. It just felt like all that nervous energy turned to excitement really quickly. And obviously it's a huge day for the city of Baltimore and hopefully it continues moving forward. For this city to be able to host its first AFC championship game since 1970, that's that's the city. We're going back to another franchise, to now the Ravens being able to host their first ever AFC championship game in franchise history. I mean, this city's got to be on cloud nine. From what, from what I, I want to – Go back to just just this season in general, just sports-wise. The Orioles got the one seed. They went to the playoffs. Then for the Ravens, regardless of what they did, to get there, to turn the season around, to win their division, to do what they did. And then the Ravens, you go into football season. Then the Ravens, they go out, win the AFC North, get the one seed, get the first round by. And now they're advancing to the AFC championship game for the first time since 2012-2013. I mean, this city is spoiled right now, sports-wise. It is awesome. I could not imagine like how fans right now feel. It's 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 amazing. It's an amazing time in Baltimore, sports-wise. And it's, I mean, fans are just, they should be enjoying this, man. They should really let this soak in because seeing an AFC championship game, I know the Ravens have won a Super Bowl. They've won two in franchise history. But seeing an AFC championship game and potentially being able to watch your team advance to a Super Bowl, we might never get a Super Bowl at M&T Bank Stadium. Like, that might never happen because of the cold weather. This is the closest thing you're going to see in Baltimore to a Super Bowl. Like, seriously. It's like top of the line. You're a game away from potentially hoisting that Lombardi trophy. And this city deserves it. And Lamar Jackson, to do what he did, man, not only did he lead with his play on the field, two touchdowns rushing, two touchdowns passing, he gets it done both ways. To go in there and to lead with his voice in the locker room. Patrick Queen said it. Lamar Jackson, he's he's not a usually like usually like when he when he speaks up, you're gonna listen to him. Basically, were his words. I think everybody loved it. It fired everybody up. Nelson Aguilar had high praise for him afterwards. He said he is the Baltimore Ravens. He leads the right way by example, but also when it's time to talk, it's said, and then he executes. That's a guy he's been teammates with for one year. One year. And he's saying that about him. His teammates respect him. Lamar Jackson has not only developed as a player this season, gotten better, he's developed as a leader. And those are the qualities you look for in a football player. And that's why I believe the Ravens are so successful this season. They have him leading the way on the offensive side of the ball. Even going back a few games ago, when they were beating up on the Dolphins, and Lamar's like, hey, people are celebrating on the sideline. He's like, he's like, no, no, we got we got to lock in, basically, along the lines of that. And, and he's proving it, man. He's proving that this team can lock in. They can get it done. And it's giving this fan base a sense of hope. I know people were pulling their hair out. After that Sims punt return, it was like one touchdown away after that from people going into full panic mode and saying, oh, no, like 
It's the end of the world. The sky's falling. The game's over. But the Ravens didn't let that happen. Missed field goal. Then they take advantage in the second half. They go from going three and out on their final three possessions of the first half to scoring touchdowns on their first three possessions of the second half. How quickly that switch flipped. Oh, poetic. 1,000% poetic. And one more thing about Lamar. He went 16-22 for 152 passing yards in this game, and the Ravens won by 24 points. Crazy. All this talk about Lamar and, and the, the numbers, right, the passing yards and the passing touchdowns, it's been a ridiculous narrative the entire time. And it's because, one, the eye test, but, two, we also had, as you, you talked about very early on in the show, Rocco, 11 carries for 100 yards and two more touchdowns. It was four total touchdowns for Lamar. And my whole thing, and we've had this conversation, is I don't care how you pick up the yards. I don't care how you score the points. Just pick up the yards and score the points. I don't think it diminishes you and your value as a player, how you do it. If you're not good enough to pick up the yards the way Lamar Jackson does, and you're not as good as Lamar Jackson. It's, It's just, it's as simple as that, where passing yards don't define him. And we saw that we've seen it the entire season. He's had games with 172 passing yards and 202 passing yards. And the Ravens will win those games by 20, 30 points every time. And it speaks to how good of a player he is that he doesn't need all these passing yards to go win the game. He makes defenses absolutely crazy. He keeps defensive coordinators up at night. You think you have them dead to rights, and he makes something happen. You try to spy him. He beats you with his arm. You try to throw the spy back. He beats you with his legs. He is a nightmare, and even though he doesn't have as many passing yards as the next guy or as many passing touchdowns, he's somebody that you have to respect as one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the league right now. In fact, I think he's playing like the best quarterback in the league right now because of just how much stress he puts on defenses and how magical he makes it look. People are going to numbers watch and say, oh, Lamar Jackson didn't throw for 300 yards or 400 yards. But I just want you to look at how efficient he was and the plays he made and the throws he made. And, I mean, the the one to Isaiah Likely, for example, he tossed it up there. I know Isaiah Likely did, did make a great catch. He adjusted his body. But to put it in a spot he knew only Isaiah Likely could get to, that's Lamar Jackson to go and have that. I think it was like a 25 yard run to close out the first half, making something out of nothing when a play broke down downfield to be able to just go down, be shifty, pick up 25 yards with his legs, rush for a hundred yards in the game. He doesn't have to throw for, for 200 yards for this team to win. And he's okay with that. Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's sitting up at night looking at, Oh man, I didn't have 250 or 300 passing yards. Like, what am I doing? Lamar Jackson cares about one stat, and that is the number of wins the Ravens have. And he's going to care about one game and one game only, and that's the game in front of him. And then after that, it's going to be the next game in front of him. And after that, it's going to be hoisting that Lombardi trophy high. That's what this guy's been looking forward to since he's been drafted from that first interview. That's been his dream. And that is why Lamar Jackson has turned into such a – I mean, he's been a team player from the start, but I'm talking about the leadership role. He owns it. This is his team. He's got the keys to the castle, pun intended, because that's where the Ravens practice. But the, but this is Lamar's team, he, and he's doing a great job leading them into battle. He is. And he, there is, I don't think there is another guy in the league right now who is as locked in as Lamar is, who has his team as <laughs> locked in as Lamar. We know, we know that he's locked in, you know, pregame, the camera's up in his face. He's like, get that camera. He pushed the camera away. Get that camera out of my face. He knows what he wants. This team knows what he wants. 
his teammates want to win it for him, but Lamar wants to win it for his teammates. It's not a selfish thing for him where he wants to win it for himself. He wants to win it for the guy next to him. I think that's what makes it this whole story really cool. But just yeah. to wrap things up here, Rocco, I think outside of Lamar, the other few takeaways I had from the game one, the Ravens fans did their job in this game. There were some conversations early throughout the week about how the tickets weren't selling. The stadium wasn't going to be sold out. And let me tell you, you were, you were there. You were there from the broadcast. You could, you could feel, you could hear. And I know the Texans heard it because there were multiple handfuls, a bushel, I will call it a a bushel of of pre-snap penalties. I think officially six or seven or eight, or I don't know the exact, it was around seven. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Unbelievable that again, you just, you can't hear in an environment like that. And that is exactly why you want home field advantage throughout the playoffs, because your fans, they let you do your thing on offense, and then they make life an absolute living disaster for the opposing offense. And that, to me, was one. The other one is on defense. The Texans don't get into the red zone one singular time. The Texans do not score a touchdown. Their touchdown came on that Steven Sims return. Yep. I think for me, the big factor, the Ravens got pressure all day on C.J. Stroud. Now, C.J. made some incredible on-the-run throws throughout this contest, but he was running for his life. Made the most out of it on some plays, but he was, I don't want to say flustered because I don't think, you know, flustered is the right word, but the offensive line for Houston did him no favors, and the Baltimore pass rush was in his face seemingly every single play. No, they were. It was... OA chasing after him. It was Matabike chasing after him. There was a play that I looked to my coworker, Morgan. We were sitting next to each other in the press box where Michael Pierce, who probably, you know, I don't want to discredit Michael Pierce or, you know, put on more pounds than he actually weighed, but I think he weighs like probably like 350. Like that's that's a good estimate of what Michael Pierce weighs. He might weigh more. And he he runs so fast for his size as a defensive tackle. And he's just got his hands up, running it, running it on CJ Stroud as he throws the ball away. And I looked at her and I'm like, imagine Michael Pierce running at you full speed as quick as he is and as big as he is coming at you like that. Like, I'd be terrified. But the Ravens did that. Mike McDonald dialed it up, dialed it in. And he had a great game plan for CJ Stroud, putting pressure on him every chance they could. And with that, what you got was the Texans. They only scored three points on the Ravens' defense on a field goal. And that other seven points, like you talked about, came on a special teams play, that Steven Sims uh, touchdown return on the punt. So the Ravens' defense, they, they're they not satisfied. They're probably ticked off, Kevin, that they gave up three points because that's just how these guys operate. They're going to look at that three they gave up on the board and be like, damn, we could have done better right there because that's how these guys feel. They truly feel like they're the best defense in the league. Obviously, they won the Triple Crown. In my opinion, they are the best defense in the league, and they're definitely the best defense remaining in the playoffs. Like They are a fantastic group. They are full of veterans. They are full of young guys as well, and they're going to get after you. They are. One way or another, whether it's in the first half or the second half, at some point, you are not going to be able to run away from the Ravens' defense for long. The point I'll end the show with, is the Texans are a good football team and they have a bright future ahead of them. And the fact that the Ravens did this to them says more about the Ravens being good than it says about the Texans being bad. The fact that they were able to beat down on the Lions and the Seahawks and the Dolphins and the 49ers, those are all good football teams, but it shows how good the Ravens are, not how bad those teams are. 
every team can have a bad game, but when you beat good teams that badly that many times, it's a trend. And so that to me is why the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. And it, it's not particularly close in my opinion. Absolutely. No, I definitely want to take this time to talk about how, how good of a team the Texans are and how great of a turnaround story it was this year. It's really a feel-good story in football to see D'Amico Ryans as a rookie head coach, to see C.J. Stroud as a rookie quarterback, take a team that was down in the dumps, down on their luck, couldn't catch a break, come back, take C.J. Stroud, take Will Anderson, D'Amico Ryans comes in, Nico Collins balls out. It's like to see this team come together and do what they're doing right now it's special, and I hope we see more of the Texans going forward. I hope to see more C.J. Stroud-Lamar Jackson matchups going forward because C.J. Stroud is one not, not just one of the best up-and-coming quarterbacks in the leagues. In the league, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now as a rookie, man. I can't believe I'm saying that, but he is so good, so talented, and he has such a bright future ahead. I can't wait to see what it looks like. Yeah, the two quarterbacks that got eliminated on Saturday, C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love, Bright futures oh, ahead man. of both of those guys. That they, they they look to be two of the future faces of this league. But Rocco, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for hopping on with me. Yeah. Tell people where they can find you and what you're working on. Is again a busy week coming up here as the Baltimore Ravens are going to play in that championship. Busy week coming up, man. It's going to be crazy. I don't even know what my week looks like right now. I'm going to try to hop on, talk some Ravens with a few people. Obviously, do the Ryan Ripken show with you, with Ryan, with Zach, with Brad, with all you know those guys over there. It'll be a lot of fun. But uh, Fox 45, that is my that is my employer. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm doing my thing. Sports Unlimited. Uh, Morgan Adset and I will will be gearing up this week, especially, and we'll be back there at the bank uh, on Sunday for the AFC Championship game. No matter who the Ravens play, bring you coverage. So, uh, if you like local TV, if you want to tune into local TV, be be sure to turn on Fox Forty Five. Check out Sports Unlimited. Um, we're going to try to be as updated and update you guys as much as possible, and and have the best previews we can uh, throughout the week. And links to Rocco's work, social media, it'll be on the description below on YouTube, so you can go check him out over there. Exciting electric week in Baltimore coming up. You thought this week, this past one was electric. Uh, I think I think we have not seen anything. <laughs> I think we have not seen anything yet when it comes to what the city can be, especially for a game like this, which you mentioned, Rocco. Super Bowl probably not coming to Baltimore anytime soon. This is the biggest game, I think, in, in Baltimore's yeah, franchise yeah. history at M&T Bank Stadium. So yep. exciting time for sure. That's all I have for you here today, though, on Lockdown Ravens. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, follow along in audio form, video form. Hit the like button on YouTube. It all helps out. It puts the show in front of more Ravens fans and more football and even sports fans here. Coming up, we'll be back here later today, live streaming, after we know who the Ravens will take on between the Bills and the Chiefs. Stay tuned for that. Lots to get to. I'll see you right back here soon on Lockdown Ravens.